what please tell us the word the vocabulary word that you just said and then go into what what it is please i i don't see now i don't know if i want to yeah 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 come on i want to know because i probably already know what it is i just don't know the name of it like i'm not good with names but i know stuff so, so you i've know, probably done it whatever it is you but i don't know maybe you have you now you know what a motorboat is right That's yeah his head in between your boobs and goes Brr. right yeah so okay so this is a scroter boat oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> also known as a raspberry tea bag oh okay <laughs> raspberry tea bag that's a great that's another great band name it's the second one tonight it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, raspberry tea bag. Yeah. Oh my so that's god. What I learned by watching TikTok. You you learn a lot from TikTok, honestly. You really do. It's true. It's true. Yes, I have learned a great deal. So scroll about. Yeah. Do it. Do it, ladies and gays and yays. Raspberry tea bag. Hooray. Oh. <laughs> So Mike and Maddie, as, as the owners of, of Scro Scroda, Scro Scroda, yeah, uh, is that something that like would be pleasurable? Doesn't seem probably. that way. Oh, probably would be. What do you mean? Get down. It might just feel weird. <laughs> would it just feel weird? Probably, yeah. I want to ask my husband. <laughs> Oh, right, uh, take take your phone. You do take the hard hitting reporting. You 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 ask him and then come back and report to us. No, I got a better idea. This is what you do. You take your phone, you turn the background image off so we can see. And you and go then find you him. You go you go do it and and no when he, <laughs> when he when he tells you to stop is we'll figure out the rate of pleasure he was getting. Big Daddy has has finally joined us. I thought he we were we were stuck in his pocket. Devante, how did you know you're in my pocket? I have a question for you. What? Do you know what a scrotal boat is? Nope. Okay. Kind of, if I your testicles. On your balls. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, <laughs> sir. He said, yeah, Thank you for your time. Yeah. I flipped the camera so you guys could see its natural reaction, too. <laughs> that was very good. I think you locked yourself into a promise, though. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, as part of the scientific process, one must fulfill uh, such curiosities. Right, because at the moment, we're just okay. dealing with... At so the moment, we're just dealing with his... Uh, right now, it's just theoretical this. enjoyment. Big Daddy, how much you have you experienced a scroter boat? Not yet. Uh, that's been an, an additional fee that I haven't been able to come up with yet. So <laughs> he's working an extra shift on Friday, though. Good. <laughs> Work an extra <laughs> shift and uh, come up with that that funding, and then I'll get back to you. So, so it is something that you would like to experience. Absolutely. Okay. I feel like they would like it because, like, if you're already getting your dick sucked, like, they like getting their balls played with, too. Uh, okay. Yeah, I feel like it's a, a, a thing that should be included. 
<laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's, but it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a starter move. No, uh, I, no, no, my, no, it's definitely no. not. You can't just go sneaking motherfuckers with a scroter boat. Maybe, maybe. No, it's you gotta you gotta sound. you gotta get the you gotta get the, the testes to relax a little bit. You know, a lot of times they're they're tucked up, you gotta get them to kind of unwind and hang a little bit. Yeah, then, you can't just hi, how are you? Yeah, it's like no, it doesn't. I mean, they're not titties for Christ's sake. You can't just walk up in motorboat. <laughs> Speaking of motorboat and titties, you know who I think motorboat titties? Matt Gates. He probably does, and uh, my guess like, is like like unwelcomed. Yeah, is like, what I meant. Like he's he's out there sneaking motherfuckers. All right, no, uh, but- Matt Gates. He's a politician, um, and as you'll soon find out, he has some unpopular opinions that he's um, unleashing on his Republican supporters uh, here in our C-Block. Welcome to the C-Block, by the way, um, on the Media Virus podcast. So I'm going to play this video that was passed along to me, and we'll see just what Gates had to say. Oh, my God. Is that what he looks like? No, no, no. This no is the- that's, that's some other douche that made the, made the fucking video. <laughs> Here's a despicable video of Congressman Matt Gates. Have you watched these pro-abortion, pro-murder rallies? The people are just disgusting. Like, why is it that the women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions? Oh my God. Nobody wants to impregnate you if you look like a thumb. Like These thumb. people are odious on the inside and out. They're like 5'2", 350 pounds, and they're like, give me my abortions or I'll get up and march and protest. And I'm thinking, march? You look like you got ankles weaker than the legal reasoning behind Roe versus Wade. A few of them need to get up and march. They need to get up and march for like an hour a day, swing those arms, get the blood pumping, maybe mix in a salad. This is not a fraternity party. This is a Republican congressman speaking at a political event. And also to call these women fat and too ugly to be impregnated is the exact same reasoning that Donald Trump used in 2016 to say that he never sexually assaulted any of those 43 women who he was accused of assaulting because he said they were, quote, not his type. I am so fed up with this GOP misogyny, this GOP sexism, this GOP controlling of women's bodies, and now they are going even further and fat shaming people who are standing up for women's rights and protesting. This is despicable, it's disgraceful, and guys, what are we gonna do about it other than show up and vote? Nothing, we gotta show up and vote. That's the solution, vote. Okay, the guy with the messed up hair has so many points, but that shit was fucking hilarious. So. Does anybody else feel like that guy's just looking to if you're bang fat ugly girls? And you're still paying. Yep. That's- <laughs> He's in the I'm wrong just business. Saying. He should just do stand-up comedy. Like he has no business being a politician. But that shit. No, that, that was. But that, that was, was fucking funny. He's got that time. Was, such a, I, I will it's, say, chocolate looks like a thumb. That's yeah. Is you know, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's a good line. <laughs> it's not his line. That line, but, no. Comes, that, that line came really? from a comedian. Yeah, but none of those, oh none of those jokes. None of familiar. those, none of those jokes were his. No, none well, then he's a cornball. But his delivery's not bad. Back. 
delivery's not bad. His delivery's not bad. Like, he's, he's got he the timing. Think, he may think, because here's the thing. You might think you came up with something, but you fucking didn't. Nobody's had an original thought since the year 2000. And I'm, I'm firmly believing that, except for, uh, you know, coming up with new fucking ways to enslave us into, into the 1984. I mean, um, this whole show is based on somebody else's idea of how to do a show. Pretty much. <laughs> I promise. It's the formula that, that worked for a very long time. Yep. That's, you know, anyway. I think people uh, are copying ideas off of like remaking movies, remaking TV shows, remaking everything now because we have technology at our hands where we get so bored easily where we're like, we have no new things we can do. Let's just remake this thing that everybody liked. And you we, know what this show, you know what I need? This is what I, you know what I need? I, I need a catchphrase. I think I'm going to go, uh, hey now. What do you think? No. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, no. That doesn't sound like you. Yours is shut the fuck up. You you would be like the third guy yeah. to do hey now. Hey so now. Hey now. You're a rock it's, star. Put your game on. Be like how, I, can't, I can't get my voice as deep as Howard Stern. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. And, and he didn't even originate hey now. No, that was somebody else, right? It was Jeffrey Tambor from the old Gary Shandling show. I was thinking Jeffrey about Tambor, that. Jeffrey Tambor was the announce, was Gary Shandling's announce. It wasn't even Gary Shandling's show. It was the show that Gary Shandling did on HBO. What was that? Which was the Gary Shandling show that had the theme song that went? This, this is, is the, the Gary Shandling show. Yeah. The opening theme. Yeah, Gary that was the one on Gary. Fox. Okay. I I loved that show. That show was actually extremely funny. It was even but, as a kid. It was yeah, really, that was really it was really funny. But he um, he also had a show on uh, HBO where it, he played himself and Jeffrey Tambor played his Ed McMahon announcer guy. And his name was Hank something. He was, hey now, Hank. Because that was his catchphrase. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, so there actually hasn't been an original thought since 1986. I stand no, you said 2000. I stand corrected. That's a good one, Maddie. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, very good, sir. All right. Um, oh, we have uh, Bill on film. We have Bill on film. That's right. So to get ready for Bill on film, everybody dance. All right. Bill on film. Juliet, you were so good at that disinterested 80s. I'm dancing, just let me dance. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go with Bill on film. And apparently it's muted, so I need to fix that. And share your screen. I am going to grant Juliet a temporary honorary membership into Gen X based on her dance. (laughs) Yay. I I second that motion. And I assume she probably actually really did know what a phone book was. I was just yeah, being duh, a kid. I used to have, yes, I know what a fucking phone book is. It was still funny though. <laughs> I know I, I mean. She sits, one I, on, she sits on one at dinner every night. 
Oh my God. Okay. First of all, last night I went up to Devante and I was like, Mike thinks he's so funny. Saying, I don't know what a phone book is. Does he not know he used to sit on one? <laughs> oh, so here's Phil on film. One and three were <laughs> epic, and Cars 2 was like, eh. Cars 1 and 2. Cars 1 and 3. And 3. Cars 2 sucked. That was the one where they were, he was a spy. Oh, in like Japan or some shit? It makes no fucking sense. Is that the one where Mayor Vince Wasabi can Yeah. The third one's really good, though. The third one, did you see the third one? Uh, probably. It's where he's like an old car, and now they have the new race cars ten years later, and he can't win because all the new race cars are much better. And he wrecks, he wrecks like Doc Hudson, like the Doc Hudson did. And then they got to like train him like a Rocky montage and bring him back for the big race. And he decides to pass the torch anyhow. It's great. Really. It's touching. Man. Touching. Yeah. You filming? Yeah, I know. We got, we got so whole, we so got you got my whole review for the show. For the Cars. <laughs> cars franchise. That's right. Cars 1 and 3 were epic, and Cars 2 were <laughs> So, <laughs> Bill reminds me of an 8-year-old. Yeah. That's <laughs> really big and has a beard. His brain's funny. I like him. And, but his body language, when, when he's comfortable at that desk, he still has that the discomfort of an eight-year-old talking to people. He he turns his head and he, you know, he touches his face. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's very endearing. You should, you should see conversations between me and Bill. I'll be sitting there at the computer and he will be fucking up something of mine. He will be taking something of mine and screwing it into something else or taking something apart I don't want taken apart. Or, <laughs> or one day he comes in, he found a price gun and he just started pricing. Everything in my office is $9.99. He just started pricing. <laughs> he just started pricing shit and it's like, it says value plus $9.99. These big yellow oh stickers. <laughs> so I, I took that from him and I said, you can't have this anymore. And I made it part of the uh, the, the the set that we use, that, that set in the background. It's back there. And I told him not to touch it. So, <laughs> so he'll still stop pricing shit. I've almost got all the stickers. But I think he goes in there when I'm not there and just sticker shit up. Probably, yeah. Yeah. It, but it, uh, that, was, that was Bill. He didn't, like, I can't. So when I set up the... Uh, Camera, the camera's audio can be tricky, uh, and I have that iRig, and I use an iRig, so I use my phone as the audio for shipmate videos. And and what I do is I will put the phone, uh, you know, and I will set it up so that it's directly at the camera, so that I can see myself hit record. And when I see myself hit record, that way when I go into the video. Uh-huh. I take that video, I split it right fucking there, uh-huh. and then I and then I add, you know, the cutaway of the the video. Mm-hmm. Then I ex- then I export that. Then I run it over a green screen. Then I export that. Then I, cho- I then I chop it up into into like so Bill makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know what I mean. 
And then uh, I make little slides and, and little animations and shit for those videos. So that was just the audio portion that we saw there. Uh, right. But I, know. I, I like this setup for the, for the uh, bill on film. The, it, it's kind of half cocked and it's looking into your camera. It's, I, I just dig it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of that was kind of what I was thinking, and uh, you know, through tragedy, I was trying to trying to like focus on something. That's the next video, so I was working on it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this I wanted to fucking harass Bill about." I completely had forgotten, so I, that was a last minute entry into uh, into today's show. It works. We like it. I think I think it's a, a fitting uh, a fitting little end. I think we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, anybody like else it. got anybody else got any uh anything interesting they want to uh bring up? Juliet, you mentioned that you had suffered uh is that something you want to talk about or is that something is there is there information you feel like needs to get out to the public? I probably should have. You know, this is your soapbox too. This is like everybody knows that, right? You can you know how to submit stories, come up with if you have something you want to talk about, you, you let us know and we'll go, all right. I didn't want to take away from what happened to you. Well, I mean, it's a big world. We all have, we all deal with tragedy. Sometimes it happens at the same time. Um, so Monday, a friend of mine, another one committed suicide. <laughs> so that happened. Yeah, that's, that, that is tough. Um, I was thinking when we were doing the space talk when we were talking about universes and I had this weird thought, like, where is an epiphany? But like, so... In my natal chart, I have an eighth house stellium. Eighth house is Scorpio ruled, which has a lot to do with death. And I was thinking about all the people that I've lost in my life. And there's this pattern of suicide. And I was like, I'm like, why? That's something I kind of want to look into because it's like, why is it that a lot of people that I'm close with off themselves? And I just, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Was uh, Juliet, how old are you? Uh, 31. 31. Um, most adult suicides occur towards the end of the 20, like 27, 28, 28, like in that range. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's sadly not that uncommon. I think, like, I think people hit that point in their life and they they feel like, they should have accomplished more or they don't know what's coming next or, you know, or they like get they divorced have... and their ex-wife takes everything that they fucking loved in this entire world or, or that. But yeah, I'm... I mean, it's, it, it's, <clears throat> it's a very real phenomenon. Um, you know, so you may just be, I hate to say it, but like you may just be at an age where, you know, a lot of your friends are kind of struggling with the transition from young adulthood into like adulthood, Act, adulthood a being a, and then the transition. The next, the next highest rate of suicide is middle-aged men between forty-five and sixty. Yeah. But uh, if without, uh, without giving too much personal information, if you don't mind me asking, what were the was this a man or a woman that, that decided to? Um, he he was a he. He was a man. Okay. We um we lived on the same street to for a few for a long time and we uh also ended up working at the same place too so i used to bartend and waitress at um 
I got to know him better there. And he was he was one of the first people that like he, he was just very nice and comforting and grounding. And he was he was he was real. And he didn't try. He didn't like try and stand out or anything. He just had that like, you know, just people have certain energies about them and they just feel like really like he was a solid, he was just easy. rounded person and easy. Easy to talk yeah. to, easy to be around. Yeah. 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 I got that. Yeah. Do you know, uh, was there any like history of mental illness? Not that know? I know of, but. You weren't that, I mean, it was more, we were more of an, uh, like an acquaintance, like a work. work no, acquaintance. well, we kind of, I don't want to say we, he's older than me. He's like eight years older than me. So I don't want to be like, we grew up together, but. He lived across the street from me for like a he long was a, time. He was an older kid and he was a neighborhood and, fixture. He was, part, he was part of your childhood. I get yeah. it. I'm sorry to hear that. That's yeah. a, it's a terrible tragedy when someone chooses to, uh, you know, give up, basically. I've seen it more often, more times than I'd like to, you know, admit, talk about. Didn't, but uh, the, uh, the, the suicide hotline now get its own new... Yes. Number? I believe it's 988. I believe that's correct. That's uh, so good to know. Yeah, so uh, what it so it, what used to happen was there was like an act, a bunch of actual hotlines and then you'd call and you would talk to someone for a while and they would, you know, kind of counsel and stuff like that. But those numbers were kind of difficult to remember and hard to, to they were come long, by. And yeah. Uh, so to make one universally known, easy to remember, 988, I, I think is a great idea and a great resource for, you know, those that are having uh, a difficult time understanding that they're loved and appreciated. Um, so if you're, you're within the sound of, of our voices, just understand that there are people in this world that love you and care about you and want you to be with us. And um, especially for men who are statistically far less inclined to seek help, you know, got to reach out and fucking talk to someone. So 988, use it. I always wanted though. Yeah, as actually as of July twenty <laughs> as of July twenty second, nine eight eight is the suicide and the crisis lifeline. Yes, and you can. So that that is that has been uh, confirmed. I, I just I wanted to make sure that we were giving out accurate information while we were talking. That is about excellent it. news. I'm really that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. You can. I also- feel like like if you're in that position, you're not like, oh, let me call this number to talk me out of this. I'm feeling pretty suicidal right now. Like. It's not what you're going to do. I mean, it's great to have it, but let's, let's be real. Most people are not going to do that if they're feeling like they want to end it. They're not going to call somebody to reach out. You, and they know people care about them. They know people uh, love them. Like, we know this. You can also text 988. So that might be easy. But still, know. you're not going to reach out. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they said, Yeah, but, but here's the, here's, here's the some thing. Some people do, though. Right. So but before they hit their low point, some people do. Now, is it a, is it an immediate response to like the crisis workers like come out to the well, and try to prevent it or what happens? Talk, talk them down. What happens when I text nine eight eight? When someone texts nine eight eight, they are responded to by a group of Lifeline 
crisis centers that answer both chats and texts. The service will expand over the next few years to increase the local and state-level responses. Once you are connected, a crisis counselor listens to you, works to understand how your problem is affecting you, provides support, and shares resources that may be helpful. Currently, texting is available in English only. Uh, You can call, and when you call 988, callers first hear a greeting message while their call is routed to the local Lifeline Network Crisis Center based on your area code when you call in. A trained crisis counselor answers the phone, listens to the caller, understands how their problem is affecting them, provides support, and shares resources if needed. If the local crisis center is unable to take the caller, the caller will be automatically routed to a national backup crisis center. The Lifeline provides crisis live crisis center phone services in English and Spanish and uses language line solutions to provide translation services in over 250 additional languages for the people who call 988. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that too, because I, you know, so as a, as a teacher, um, I often have to call home to households where English may not be the first language and there are services and they're wonderful. Um, and they, they just translate, you know, like you call up this number, you give them the number you want to call and um, you know, they translate for you. So I'm glad to hear that this service has access to translators as well. This has been a phenomenal taping. I think we've done some really important work. I was completely unaware that 988 uh, is the the suicide uh, crisis hotline, even though that's too. I had no idea. I had no that's idea. Either. That's, that's, new, it was new information. July 22nd wasn't that long ago. No, just this past week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, well, yeah, perfect so fucking timing. In fact, that's why we had to go to 10-digit dialing in the state of Delaware, because 988 used to be an exchange uh, in Sussex County, and oh. to make this function properly, they had to get rid of all of the 988 exchanges nationwide. All right. Well, that's that's worth it. I want to I want to not I want to point out and and I want to acknowledge probably the darkest joke to ever be told on the Media Virus podcast as as we are telling people about the suicide hotline. Juliet said, "Perfect fucking timing." <laughs> and that was genuinely funny. <laughs> Uh. Dark humor here on the Media Virus Podcast. That's how we deal with things. Um, so <laughs> we make ourselves feel better when you feel worse. That's right. <laughs> Laugh at how awful we are. And I would say uh, it's ten thirty. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Media Virus Podcast. Uh, Mike, do you want to bring us home? Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of Big Daddy, the Doc, Juliet. Our scorpion goddess. I am Professor Mike Latoris here with Maddie Rockdeff. I'm coming from to you live here in Uncle Butch Studios. This has been the Media Virus Podcast. We are here each Wednesday night from about 8.30-ish, if all the streaming goes right, till about now. And you can check us out here next Wednesday night. We'll be back. In the meantime, you can listen to us. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when the three blocks that we tape each Wednesday night get posted on Spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back again next week.
thought we were taking a break, break, break. Donald Duck being violently drowned in a vat of pudding. Ooh.